back again for another week of the Blue Corner. Um, this week we're going back to the world of MMA. Um, I have one of our young prospects uh, with me on the podcast today. He, he has a record of 10 and 1 uh, with the MMA side of it being four and one um i believe i mean we'll, we'll get into it but i believe he's just uh signed an exclusive um contract and uh he's about to turn pro um but yeah i'm talking about none other than deadshot mma which is lachlan stitt how how are you uh oh, oh, oh i should say welcome first uh how are you and how has 2022 been treating you good good to be here um you know it's it's uh it's been good uh, still training uh, quite a bit and staying on the same goal of uh, becoming a world champion. So, I mean, look, for people that don't know you, I, I guess we'll, we'll take it right back to the beginning. I mean, uh, oh, I, I should even say, just because, you know, today is Thursday, um, did you get up too much yesterday? Not really. I was actually working. Um, I work as a security guard, so I've got to get that double time. So that wasn't too bad. And with the security, is that uh, does that uh, keep you in or out of trouble? Um, a little bit of both, you know. It depends what the cameras cover. You know, there's always a couple of blind spots. Because I always find, right, with security guards, it's like you get what one set of uh, security guards that are there to obviously try to uh, stop anything from happening. Yeah. But I do feel that there are securities out there that are looking for action. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, and I guess it makes it a bit different with you, obviously, being a fighter yourself. Yep. Like, are there higher consequences? Um, like, do you, do you have to watch, I guess, your your movements a little more than, say, your, your average person because yeah. you do know how to fight? Yeah, well, where I work um, in the Camden area at Camden Valley, and it's, it's quite a low-key kind of spot, more family-orientated. We get a couple of uh, young people through there and whatnot, but most of them are actually fans and, and love to tune into my stuff and and uh, really interested in my fighting career and whatnot. So it's, it's a very easy job. So you just sort of kick back, make some money, and um, and, and enjoy it. Nice, nice. And did you get up too much uh, for New Year's or same thing, work up that double time? Uh, not New Year's. No, I didn't work over New Year's and whatnot. So it was just uh, eating a lot, same as Christmas, eating and drinking. So I enjoyed my time off very well. So eating to the point of uh, COVID pounds or, or like have we put on weight over this, this, this Christmas holiday? No, 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 no. I, I, I sort of stick to the 86, 87 uh, kilo mark. Even like depends what I eat. I can't put on weight anyway. So it works out good for me, but I just got to watch it as I get a bit older. I'm 22 now, so I just got to keep an eye on, on, uh, on my diet and maybe move up to middleweight, light heavyweight. Who knows? I was going to say that is um, an age thing because um, yep. I remember for the longest time, I reckon until I was about 30, yep. I, I literally hovered between 73 to 75 kilos, Yeah, right? And then I hit like 32, got up to like 82 kilos, Shit. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and now I probably sit around this 87 to 88 kilos, yep. right? I mean... Obviously, you're a little more active as uh, when you're younger as yep. well, but uh, that that youth and because like the thing is, I, I was never like a, a healthy eater either, right? So okay. I just couldn't put on more weight. I just yeah. wouldn't. I mean, I you know like yeah, I got the long limbs too, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I was gonna say when you walked yeah. in, the first thing I said was like, um, "You're in the wrong sport. You should you you should be playing basketball." Um, you know, ha have you ever considered playing basketball? Uh, yeah, I did when I was younger, but um, they just seem to be. Uh, always kicking me off the field for fighting so that that didn't work out too well i'd only play probably a quarter to half a game and i'd be booted off to the uh to the bench warmers and why is that hey, would you say you have a bit of a temper on you or i did back then of course yeah you know just being a 14 15 year old kid you know i just love love to sort of fight and i didn't have that outlet yet because i i didn't properly start training mma till i was 15 so i didn't really have that outlet um, that I do now and that it all just sort of builds up builds up builds up and um, you just need that release and I, that's why I enjoy fighting I do enjoy it and so growing up I, I believe I mean we're not going to hold it against you but I believe you're a Queenslander yeah um, yes yeah you're, ori <laughs> you're originally C proud yeah proud, proud um, Queenslander uh, you know me I'm all blue all day especially when it comes to the state of origin as well but uh yeah yeah um 
Yeah, how how is life as a kid? I mean, where did you grow up in Queensland, and and how is life as a kid in 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 the Sunshine Coast? Well, I grew up in MMA uh, in uh, Mackay, which is up in North Queensland. Uh, so that's probably four hours north of town, uh, south of Townsville, and it's sort of a mining town. So there's not really much happens uh, there, and just it, it's quite a quiet town. Nothing. Um, there's nothing serious that sort of goes down. But just schooling and, and stuff like that I went through. Then my parents sort of split up when I was 10 and that was pretty hard to deal with. And I sort of used like the anger of that and got myself into quite a bit of trouble and stuff and moving around to different schools and, and whatnot. So that was hard to, to deal with. And, uh, and then eventually they put me into this program called Boxing Bandits. Um, when I was at Mackay Northern Beaches State High School and, and that sort of got me back into fighting because I did karate when I was six years old, you know, six to 11, I think it was, and just had too much energy. So my parents were like, you got to do something. So I did that and then stopped it to play footy. That's a normal thing in Queensland for a kid, just play footy. Um, and then played that for a bit, but I was too skinny to play footy. So they just put me out on the wing and I'd never get the ball. So I was pointless playing. So I was like, oh, and that just made me even more angry. So then I'd fight more. Um, but then once I started the boxing program, that was really good because they gave us some incentive that at the end of the 10 weeks, you can like have a fight at the local pub. Like it was just in a ring and whatnot, you know, gloves, headgear, stuff, and just rocked up. And yeah, used to about the same weight. Yeah, you just can jump in there in front of all these people and uh, just punched on. And then there was no winner. It was just a like, exhibition sort of thing and, and that sort of lit the fire again so i um went down to mckay mma under david garnham there and and uh, started training uh, trained there for about 12 months and like i got really good i was the only kid there so i was just playing with adults and and that was like you know thrown in the deep end they're all pretty big boys too and um then my family decided at the end of the year oh we i'm um, gonna move to sydney for work and I was like oh wow like that's that's a big move so I, I finished school that year um when I was 15 and moved down here to Campbelltown and uh started my electrical apprenticeship which which I, th I thought was the the best thing to do for my career and uh st started that and then while I was working I, I thought oh, I might as well get back into training here so I looked up and the local jiu-jitsu academy was um Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, Smeaton Grange. So I went down there and, and I was training there for, you know, 12 months under Alex Prates there. Um, most people know that's Rob Whitaker's gym uh, today. So he, he was training there as well. And, um, you know, I was just this little kid looking up to him. Like, wow, this guy's cool. Like, he's a superstar in the UFC. Um, and then I was like, oh, I want to bring more striking into my game, not just a jiu-jitsu, because I was competing as a white belt then. So I um, I was a mate at work who said, actually, uh, oh, there's a MMA gym around the corner from there, Triple X Fight Academy, so under Nathan Reddy. So I went down there and, and uh, met Zane, uh, my coach now, Zane Saliba. He was there, and I'll go home, grab your gear, and come back down. I said, okay, I'll, I'll come back down. Come back down, bloody nose, my first session thrown straight into the deep end i was like oh we're back we're back in this again but uh i've loved that place ever since i've been there and, and um that, that's definitely my home now and and yeah I've, I've been there since since then so that's what four years ago now it's my fifth year there so i i love that place man uh that's we actually moved from one side of smeaton grange we're actually over at smeaton grange road now in our new facility uh, that Nathan sorted out for us, but that's 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 an amazing facility, man. We we got there, very lucky to have it. So, um, also, where where is Smeaton Grange? So Smeaton Grange is uh, just outside of Campbelltown. It's probably fifteen minutes outside of Campbelltown. It's sort of like a bit um, a business area. There's, there's no houses or anything around. It. It's all just a business park. Okay, nice, nice. And and do you still? train with rob or since you've moved to triple x now you're, you're you're done with rob yes so uh i was getting back to that in the, um i've trained at triple x since but now that i've sort of leveled up my game and now i'm almost turning pro we've had to look at other gyms to train at so i go down to uh the gracie uh, jiu-jitsu every tuesday now for wrestling with um 
their pro team, which includes Robert Whitaker, Jacob Malkoon, Izzy Docks, David Francis, you know, the heavy hitters of the middleweight division in New South Wales. Yeah, nice, nice. I mean, we've had David on the on, on the podcast yeah. also, so yeah. it's no, it's it's, it's kind of nice. And and seeing Rob at the moment, and we'll, we'll get back to you in a sec, but like yeah. seeing Rob at the moment and just seeing obviously what happened. What was it now? Two years ago? No, it's longer than that because we've been uh, in lockdown for two years. So three years ago, one two and a half or something. Two and a half. I say two and a half. Something like that. It was in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, do you see a different Rob? Do you, do you, do you, yeah. Like mentally as well. Like do you, do you think you know? Because like this this when you talk to people at the moment, there's this whole flip of the coin, right? 100%. Like um, people like we've already seen that fight. It's going to yeah. end exactly the same way it did the first time. And and, and look at could quite possibly end that way too because I find that every time we see Izzy come out, he's leveled up as well. Like Izzy of course, I- yeah. is one of these fighters that, um, you know, he's at the top of the mountain, yeah. but he's still getting better. And that, and that's the scary thing with him. But yeah. I remember the first time they, they, they matched up, I was actually working down there um, as a cameraman for the UFC. Yeah. Um, and I was in Rob's corner for, for that fight. And, yeah. and I felt, look, there was, I don't know what it was. I, I thought it might have been more of a, a mental roadblock, but I just felt something wasn't wasn't right that yeah, night. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and obviously he went and had that hiatus and and yeah. you know had had a little bit of a break and yeah, um, which I think he needed. Yeah. And now he's he's on the come up again, and 100%. you know the the last two three fights he's had now he's he's shown that oh, he deserves that shot again. Yeah. Um. So. From your perspective, where do you see Rob uh, now compared to where he was two and a half years ago? And how do you, just because you have got that close association, how do yep. you see that fight play out? Look, he's, he's a different beast. Like, he's having fun. He's in the gym. He's got a smile on his face. Every time we go in there, you know, when we're on, we're training hard. But as well, there's that good camaraderie um, of their team that they have each other's, other's backs and whatnot. But I felt that there was a different sort of um, environment back when I used to train there. Uh, but now they're all, you know, they're all happy. And um, when we train with him and he'll he'll get something on you and, um, you know, give it to you. He'll give you a little giggle or he'll give you a little slap in the face. That, I got you, I got you. But which is good. That That's the sort of like uh, training that I enjoy. That's 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 what you got to have fun with. It. If you're not having fun, then, then, then why do it, you know? And I have to ask, as a training partner, is he? Um, I mean, you say you have a bit of fun, but is he yeah. um, more vocal? Because the 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 kind of times that I've had, um, you know, time with him, whether it was yeah. like I've had a couple of interviews with him, and things like that, he yeah. seems like that real mellow, quite oh, he, quiet mellow, kind yeah. of guy. Uh, obviously, in the in the back when he's getting warmed up, yeah. he 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 eggs himself on. Um, so I'm just wondering, like. In the training facilities, is he is he very vocal and loud, or is he still that kind of like keep to 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 yourself kind no, of guy? He's still quite mellow in that he's still he's switched on. He knows what he has to do, um, but he's he's enjoying it, and the, I feel the vibe of him that he's enjoying his training, and he's having fun with it, and 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 that's a, that's a dangerous guy, I guess, that when he's having fun, because if you watch his come up, you know when he got to the UFC, he was just smashing everyone. He was just smashing everyone and then and then you know maybe he was training a bit too much or something like that or something happened i don't know him that personally to comment on 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 what happened but all i know is now he's a different beast and i think he's going to take his head off to be honest nice nice look i i don't know i don't know if it was overtrained or whatever i once again i think it was a mental roadblock and yep. and i kind of see um i mean thug rose talks about a lot as well yep. sometimes is like when you're sitting at the top there um just the pressure of being champion, the extra yeah. press conferences, yeah. this, the, that, and and that's what I got from, I guess, Rob. As I said, like when 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 you know, we brush shoulders. Like I've always seen him to be that kind of like stick to yourself. He's a family man, of course. Yeah, he doesn't. I mean, I'm sure he loves being champion. Everyone yeah. would, but he. I don't think he really like looks for the limelight. He's not that type of guy. He's no. not a Conor McGregor. No, if, if that makes not. sense, of right? Not. He's very humble. Yeah. Um, and so I just felt like maybe the pressures had 
got to him, um, especially the first two fights that he was meant to have, which was against Calvin, got yeah. pulled because of the the he had something going on where he had to have that late last minute surgery. Yeah. And I just feel like he had a lot of pressure, like I have to turn up, I have to perform. Yeah. And I, I just think it just wasn't his night, you know. Um no, but on it any, can happen to everyone anyway, right? you know. Um but I guess also from your perspective, um, as as I'll call you a young gun and look, just yeah. to put it out there, you said you're 22. I'm I'm 20, 20 years your elder. I'm, yeah. I'm actually 42. So, um, being a young gun in the sport, yeah. like, what do you take away from training with people like your David Francis, your Jacob, your your Robs? Like, what what do you take away from from the guys like that? Um, everything. Just just uh, just everything. I, I sort of feed off feed off that and, and go to them for advice and whatnot. And um, it's really good just to, just to train with that caliber and to know that you are, you're there for a reason and you're training with them for a reason. You know, you're not there just to, you're just to muck around. You're there for a reason. They want you there and you're, you're a benefit to them. And um, that's a great experience, especially because I'm so young um, and they've been in the sport so long and, and they're so, you know, they've been through that journey They've been right to the top, you know. But not only that team, even my own team with Nathan Reddy, he's he's come up, and to have his experience, my own my own coach Zane Saliba, he was on the Ultimate Fighter. So the the people around me, um, when you put it all together, it's just unbelievable the amount of experience that I have to feed off, to learn off. You know, it's just it it, it I couldn't ask for a better group of people around me. So. And so how do we get to where we are today in, in, in the sense of, um, you know, you obviously, your parents put you into karate? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, did, let me ask you this. Did you enjoy karate when you first did it? No. No, I didn't. It, like, I enjoyed it, but it was just so much discipline that I didn't really like that part of it. So I'd get there. I'd make my parents drop me off. Like, I only trained twice a week, two, two hours. So, like, two hours out of your time for the week. That's all we ask. I'm like, all right, whatever. So I went down there, but I used to get down there half an hour early because we used to just run around on the mats and I could hurt everyone on the mats. And then and then we'd train. So we used to like wrestle and stuff. So I'd try and hurt as many people as I could because I used to, <laughs> I don't know why, but I used to just enjoy going there and smashing people before training. And then you'd, you'd get to training. And then once that would start, you're sort of on, you can't sort of misbehave where you'd, you'd have to go and do push-ups and sit-ups and all this sort of stuff. But look, it was good. I look back on it now and it was good for me. And I'm glad that I did it. But at the time, like, I can just remember, oh, man, I don't want to do this. But then my parents said, oh, you, if you get to your brown belt, you, you don't have to do it anymore. You can you can do something else. I was like, okay. So I got to my brown belt when I was, like, 10 or 11. And my brown belt grading was crazy, man. I was, like, I was 11 years old, and these grown men were beating the shit out of me, bro, on, like, a basketball court with no padding on the floor. There's this hardwood basketball court and they're just throwing me around kicking me around and shit and i was i just remember bawling my eyes out and they're just still smashing into me my mom's crying watching me but i think from that experience like that's what hardens like hardens you because i've been through that sort of stuff like that i'll never forget that no crazy and i mean like it's kind of weird because i i kind of had uh, a journey i think um my first and this is going back to when i was in primary school my yeah. my first discipline was judo okay yeah yeah same thing my mother put me in she thought it'd be good discipline whatever yeah and to be honest with you i i, I didn't mind it yeah until i got to school yeah okay. because i was that kid at school i never like when when we talk about bullying and stuff like that yeah. i never had an issue i was friends with everybody right yeah. so that that was never an issue yeah but it was weird it was as soon as kids and this is primary school so not even high school as soon as kids found out that i was doing judo yeah suddenly they wanted to fight oh of course yeah. right like yeah. so at, at at recess and lunch you'd have them come on and they wouldn't say judo kid they'd call me karate kid they're like come on karate kid and they'd kick you in the leg and stuff trying to get a reaction out of yeah, you yeah. you know and and i was like why am i doing this like why am i even going to these classes when now i am kind of getting picked on yeah. right like it yeah, was kind of like strange that why you're getting picked on now <laughs> when you are training like it's right and sense. usually yeah. it's the opposite it's like kids that get picked on they get put into like karate judo yeah, whatever they, they to get left alone <laughs> yeah but now you're, you're the opposite it was the exact opposite right so it yeah. was like um yeah i i think it was too early for me um and it's the same look i'm, I'm about to have a kid and i think 
you know congratulations if, and thank you um and and i think you know if i was going to start the kid in something now i'd probably start him in bjj yeah i think that too i just course, think yeah. it's 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 a good discipline as well 100%. you know you don't yeah. have to w worry about the head trauma and all yeah. of the things that come with obviously full contact sports yeah and you still know how to handle yourself, right? Like oh, I think, um, I think. 100%. But a weird thing about that story that you just said is like, why did they say brown belt? Why wouldn't? Why would they want you to kind of? Why wouldn't they say? Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll 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 let you go once you get your black belt. Why would they go brown belt? I look back now and I was like, I should have just got my black belt. Like I like that would have been mad to have my black belt in karate as well. But I have my brown belt. Look, I don't know why they actually said brown belt. Like. Maybe they didn't understand or or something, but but it, day, but, it, but it doesn't matter if they don't understand. Everyone knows black know. belt is the black belt, right? I know. Like, I know. <laughs> That's what I don't I don't get. Like it would have only been another like year or two years or something. But I, I should have got it, and hopefully one day I can I can get it one day. But um, I should have got it. A screw on. And so, how did you then go from I guess your your standard karate? Um, and and I have to say, like I I, I previewed a, a, a couple of your fights. You can still see that karate background, yeah. Um, just in your stance, yeah, yeah. I find that obviously you you've you've got that uh kind of karate stance that a real wide kind of thing. That yeah, of course, yeah. Um, but how do, how do, how do we go from karate to I guess Muay Thai was then yeah the next, the next discipline the next one yeah so I did like um. I did the boxing program, which is just straight boxing. And then I trained MMA. Hang on. Going back with the boxing now, yeah. I, I wanted to ask you this before when you're telling that story. Yeah. So the payoff on that was to fight at a pub. Yeah. yeah. And how old were you? I was 15. So they were allowing... 14 or 15, They yeah. were allowing 14 and 15-year-old kids into yeah. the pub to, yeah, yeah. to fight... I don't know if they get away with that in today's world. Yeah. Like it's, one, you're underage and two, 100%. like what kind of, a, it's like, I can just imagine like being at the pub. Yeah. You, you're having a few of your mates and you're like, yeah, let's throw the kids in. And that's yeah. our form of entertainment. That's like, exactly what it was. It was like, it was, it was, so it was an amateur boxing night and they just threw these like random, like little shits that got up to mischief at school in there just for fun. Like we didn't have, you know, you've got your, your red and blue corner singlets. But I had like a Kmart singlet on, shorts, and then like sneakers. Like I didn't have boxing shoes or nothing. And I just sort of rocked up with my mouth guard. I didn't have wraps or nothing. So we just rocked up out the back. I think I was like second on the list or something. And like this dude that I was fighting was like, I reckon 15 or 20 kilos heavier than me. And he was Aboriginal. He was built like a brick shit house. He was massive. And then I was like, oh God. Because I was probably the second biggest and he was the biggest in the program. So they just matched us together. Oh, you'll be right. Yeah. Legit. It was one minute, three one minute rounds. And I was absolutely gassed after like 30 seconds. Because I, I just got in there. Once I got my hands wrapped out the back. I don't know, some random dude wrapping my hands. Chucked the, the 16s on, put the headgear on. I don't know who the people that were in my corner. I've never seen them before. They just gave me water and cleaned my mouth guard. Got up there. My parents are yelling, you know, cheering me on and stuff. And the whole place is full of piss dickheads and carrying on and you just walk up there i don't know what song came on when i walked out i didn't get a choice in that like knows what it was <laughs> get in there and just swing away for 60 seconds all right rest all right go again it was legit like just swing swing and then he turned his back to me and then the ref just pulled us apart all right go again swing again like we're just swinging at each other we had no idea how to fight it was literally just a, just a street fight in a ring in some pub that was literally what it was just two kids it's just bizarre on. though right yeah, it's like crazy, when you eh? think about it, like because you yeah. think about like you know like pubs they've had like i don't know jelly wrestling and yeah you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. but like just to have kids and you're yeah. like yep let's let these kids did, did any kids like ever get hurt or anything or, or was there any i mean you obviously by the sounds of it you you kind of like the experience but like were yeah. the kids that were put in there that didn't really want to be in there. Like, did, nah, did you ever find that? They're, they're, you, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not. I'm not going to say they were forced to jump in. Nah. But was there no, ever it was a choice? Yeah. Yeah. But like, the kids that were in the program were kind of like me. So they weren't, you know, your A grade students, your teacher pet students. They were like, you know, the troublemakers and and whatnot. Some of them, well, most of them were all my mates. So we used to love it because, like, we'd get an hour out of school. We'd walk down to the boxing gym. It was about 500 meters from the school. 
go in there, train, come back to school, and you'll, you know, you come back to school, you're cool, you've been at the boxing, you know, everyone knows you've been at boxing, I'm in the boxing program, bro, like, you know, everyone, everyone sort of knew and all that, and they're cheering you on, like, yeah, I'm going to come watch you, you know, when's you, when's you going to fight, and we, the catch was we had to behave at school, so I couldn't get into trouble at school or fight at school, so for that, like, 10 weeks, I was, I was perfect, not, not a blemish on my record for that 10 weeks. See, and now going back to my experience, I'm surprised that there weren't other kids at your school that would then try to egg you yeah, on yeah. because they knew that you couldn't retaliate. Maybe right? it was a different environment. Maybe. It's, just, it's just crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but going back, so how, how do we get into kickboxing? Um, that's when I started at Triple X. So when I started at Triple X, Anthony Scro, um, who's a great, great kickboxer um, back in the day, and um, he's... He's my main sort of kickboxing coach. And when I first started at Triple X, I just did his classes. I didn't really do much um, jujitsu or wrestling and whatnot because that's what I was there for. I was there to strike because I missed it. And he's like, oh, I trained for probably six months. And he's like, oh, you're getting good, you know, like you know, do some pads. And, and at this stage, this is when I met my head coach now, Mohamed Musali, um, or Coach Coach Moe, as, uh, as he's quite no well known by. Uh, he started holding pads for me then. And that's when we first sort of, you know, got to know each other holding pads. And then I fought, uh, when was it, 2018, uh, up in Tookley on Next Generation on Tim Drury's show. And um, that was good. I got, I think, second round TKO or third round TKO. That, that, that was a good fight. Um, and then my next fight, I took uh, one of the boys at the gym was fighting him and, and he had to pull out due to an injury. So I took his fight. And then um, I think my third fight I had on Urban. Yeah, you know, Urban had an event with um, in a ring in Granville, I think. And then um, my fourth kickboxing fight was at um, St. Mary's Band Club. That was good. Um, uh, Bedardo show, Michael Bedardo. Um, and that, that was good. And then I fought the last time, my last kickboxing fight was at St. Mary's again for the... Um, WKBF or Matt knows Massa Massa state title for for kickboxing that was good but it, um that fight was actually pretty interesting because the guy I fought is actually from my area so it was like he, he trained in Campbelltown I trained in Camden so it was like Campbelltown versus Camden and uh the, the roof was coming off that place it was crazy it was crazy that night and I ended up knocking him out in uh in the second round with a with a tape to the face so and that, that silenced him pretty quick Crazy, and so in in uh, Muay Thai, you're yeah. you're undefeated, right? Yeah, five and zero. Yeah. So why go to MMA? I was training um, sort of MMA towards the back end of that. That's when I started getting into jujitsu and wrestling and and you know and training and training that those disciplines and whatnot. Because I thought I've always wanted to do MMA like the whole time, but. They were like, oh, just just focus on kickboxing, see how you go with your fights, and because I wanted to see how I cope with the nerves as well, you know, fighting because these were legit fights, like, you know, get your hands wrapped properly and you're there, you know, the whole everything's happening, your proper show. So talking about nerves, do you remember your very first fight? Yeah, I was I was shitting myself because I was like, bro, yeah, I mean, like in I don't know if if you ever been to Tukli. But uh, the beach room hotel up in Tukley, it's full of like people and um, interesting crowd. So they're very rowdy and, you know, that, that bogany sort of crowd. So they're, they're not quiet at all. They're very loud, which was like very, very different from, from what I'm used to training in the gym, sparring in the gym to like going to this place. Of, you know, I've never been here before fighting in front of all these people. You know, it was, it was a good experience. Though. It, was, it was a really good experience and I, and I handled it quite well. But obviously, you just don't know what to expect that first fight. You don't know what's going to happen. You, you, once the light's on you, you're like, oh, shit. Like, bro, this is real. This is real. I'm actually in here. Like, I have to ask, backstage, getting your hands wrapped, was there any moment where you were, like, thinking to yourself, what am I doing? Like, every time. It still happens to this still day. still happens now. I'm like, bro, why do I do this? Like, I, I could just be, like, kicking back. Like, well, I could just be in the grandstand. But... You know, all the all the hard work that I've done, I just remind myself, you know, all the hard work you've done, all the sacrifices you've made, like not everyone gets to do this. Like you've been given a gift and this is what you're meant to do, which I truly believe this is what I'm meant to do. And being that um, it is like the fastest growing sport in the world. 100%, um, yeah. 
what is it that you think? I mean, exactly that. It, it's not even about just the fight, like the potential of injuries. It's, as you say, the sacrifices along the way as well. So with all that in mind, what do you think it is that draws so many people to, let's just say, fighting? Um, I reckon it's it's pretty much the rawest the rawest form of battle that you go back to, um, you know, back in back in the Roman Roman times or whatever, they'd they'd get it, get in there and fight bare hand to the death, you know. But and I think to this day, fighting any sort of fighting, everyone always loves to watch fights. And then you look at at anyone, you look back, you know, to where we've come from, and it's all very violent. Like you wouldn't survive unless unless you're you're out there hunting or you know, you are willing to kill, you know, to, for survival, so. No, I get it, but I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, if we didn't have cars, we'd be on horseback. Yeah. If we yeah. weren't on horseback, we'd be walking. But the yeah. fact that we have cars, we know <laughs> now no longer yeah. have to walk. Yeah. Yeah. And we, so, you know what I'm trying yeah, to say? Like, so like by, by that theory is like, yes, back then it was like a, a mode of survival. Yeah. But we don't need to do it to survive anymore. Yeah, we choose it as a sport. So, right yeah. so like and and i get it from a spectator's point of view like the entertainment value yeah but as an athlete what oh, okay. what, what uh, as i say what draws you like when when as you say and like i was hoping that and this is the crazy thing because you never yeah. know what people are going to say but i was yeah. kind of thinking you'd be like yeah the first fight i was kind of like what am i doing but now i'm kind of in that routine that rhythm that it's kind of but you said no you have those same thoughts every yeah, fight and you have, have to keep thoughts. reminding yourself this is why i do it yeah so what like that that's what i'm getting at like what yeah. what is it that like when when you really sit back and you think about it and you're like why am i doing this what what is that why i love i just love the whole the whole competition of it so i love testing myself against an, the other person you know and and obviously coming out on top and testing myself in unarmed combat in that i've beaten him with my bare hands you know with with, with my body pretty much you know, we've both been put, both elite fighters have been put to the test and I've come out on top. I've beaten him. I've broken him and I've, you know, I've won because I'm very competitive. I have a very competitive nature. And um, and as well as that, the whole preparation of it, you know, I love doing this sort of stuff. I love doing the media and everything and whatnot and and doing podcasts and, and, and stuff like that. And I love letting people into my life and, and you know, get, getting it all out there and, you know, being in the in the limelight, you could say, I love I love that sort of stuff. And and like, because that, that's the other funny thing I, I found about like, obviously you you you've got yourself an agency that works behind yep. you, um, and and the reason I, I mean I always say to people you should get a good agent. Um, yep. So it's not funny, but what I find funny is that I've had pros when I've spoken to them yep. that are still running their own really? marathon, right? And I'm like. How can you be a pro and you still don't have that agency behind you, yeah. right? Re which is really pushing you. Where obviously you're you're about to step into the the pro circuit, but yeah. you obviously haven't. But yeah, what's the thought process behind that? Because or, or I guess what I'm trying to say is you're you're a bit of an early adapter, in the sense of like I guess you see the necessity or the importance of having representation, or of or course. how does that all work? Of course, um, as well as. Being a fighter, I think you have to be smart, you know, outside of the cage as well. And this is what, you know, me and my team always talk about, you know, making steps and putting things in place to further my career. And one of them was getting a manager. So uh, shout out to Bass at Phoenix Sport Management. He's jumped on board, you know, now that I'm turning pro and want to further my career. And then he's sorted out the deal with Eternal and um signed that contract and because because i couldn't find anyone to fight an amateur the last person i fought on beast they had to fly from tasmania he was the only like person to fight there so we didn't really have a choice in that i had to sort of turn pro and but you did say already because i did watch a, a another uh podcast of yours yep. and i think that was from 2020 yeah um and I believe you were already saying that you were looking at turning pro. And no, actually, you, you actually, I lie. You did say you were like, I'll, I'll look at turning pro 
in about three years, I think yeah. you said. Yeah. But then you put an Instagram post up, I think, last year, and you were like, yeah. who wants to see me turn pro yeah. before the end of the year? Yeah, so that's that's when we were sort of talking. Because after my fight in June, um, we couldn't get a fight. And then obviously, uh, we went back to no, into lockdown as well. But as well as that, we couldn't get matches or couldn't get fights. Even if there was fights, we couldn't get a match. So we're like, oh, um, what are your thoughts on turning pro and i was like oh like i'm ready because i've been ready for a while now to turn pro we just wanted that experience at amateur and that 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 fight experience before i turned pro because it's completely different when you turn pro it's it's literally completely different different way of fighting different way of approaching a fight everything everything has to be done properly so i want to ask you on that so because, you know, I, I had the same with Harry Garsoy when yep. he, he was on at the time. He hadn't turned pro yet. He has since then. Yep. Um, and I like to always think, so in, in your eyes, when you say it's totally different, right? And, yep. and, and it's always good to have hindsight as well. Um, yep. But like right now, between amateurs and between pros, in your eyes, yep. what do you see the major differences? And, and the only reason I ask is hopefully you know, you're right. And yep. hopefully we'll be able to get you on at a later stage again yep. and, and we'll actually be able to go, were you right? Or, yep. or was it totally different? So right now, just looking forward, yep. what what do you see? Like, what what is it in pros? Apart from obviously you're getting paid, mm -hmm. uh, which is a big factor. Of course, but yeah. Apart from that, what do you see the major differences? Um, obviously five minute rounds opposed to three. Um, as well as that is the level of competition as well. All the pros in Australia are, are beasts. You know, they're, they're not pro for no reason, you know. And that's what I wanted to test myself against the pros because I know um, at that pro level, no one's going to back out of a fight. There's, you're not going to not be able to find a fight, you know. There's, there's that many welterweights out there to find fights with. It's, it's, it's endless. So I can get experience on a good stage on Eternal and pretty much work my way to that UFC. And can I ask you about your Eternal contract? Yeah. Um, so obviously, it's, uh, what I like about Eternal is they do now exclusive deals, right? Yes. And, yeah. I, and I've been saying that for years. Like um, we, we had, uh, you know, a bit to do with some, uh, some of the leagues before. And yeah. look, I get it as well. It's, it's hard to give fighters an exclusive deal um, yeah. because the money right yep. the money side of things it's it's hard for some of these promotions to to straight up because it's unfair if i can't offer you three fights a year it's unfair for me to say well you can't fight on any other show right and that yep. was always the problem was that yep. a lot of these organizations they're like look we can offer you a fight but we can't offer you three so if you want to fight on our promotion this week and then another promotion in a month's time that's yeah. that's on you right but yep. i also felt that was kind of bad because you know some sometimes you come across these really good fighters and they're fighting on every promotion and you're kind of like man you should you should somehow lock these guys in and and yeah. i kind of feel like eternal is starting to do that yeah which um, is good yeah. which is really good yeah. right like i i really like at the moment i think what they're doing is really really good yeah. um the only thing i don't like about what they're doing is they never bring shows to sydney exactly that's right? what everyone always <laughs> says to me bro when are you finding a sydney again I'm like i'm signed by a company who doesn't come to sydney I'm like i know it's, there's nothing i can do and have you asked them why? Like, is it to do with the Sporting Commission? I or? would say. I would say it's, it's got something to do with the Sporting Commission of New South Wales. It'd have to because they, they they would be difficult to get permits and, and whatnot to hold shows and stuff like that. I can I can imagine it's a whole shit show of, of trying to get it. Because I know, I know Queensland are pretty loose when it comes to commissions. I, yeah. I think it's like yeah. non-existent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that Eternal, because I've been to an Eternal show down in Melbourne, so yeah. I know that they yeah, do they shows Melbourne, in Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah, but then majority of the time they're in Perth. Yes, um, yeah, Perth, which is interesting now too because the 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 two fight cards and I believe you're on Perth twenty, uh, February twenty sixth in Perth. In Perth, that's, that's now now have they spoke? It, yeah, it, they've cancelled it. Yeah, they can they can the show, but we're I'm waiting for a call um, from my manager at the moment about the change of dates and opponent because my opponent was from Perth. So there's going to be a change in dates and opponent. When that is, I'm, I'm not too sure. But unfortunately, that fight um, will no longer go ahead as, yeah, from the Premier. Thank, thanks to the Premier of WA. And how does that make you feel, I have to say, as well? Like, 
when because were you already in fight camp? Yeah, because you're saying yeah. fe- February 26th, right? Yeah, yeah so I was, I was pumping it. Yeah, going hard. Yeah. So you're you're in fight camp and you get the yeah. call now that it's it's no like. Can you just talk a little bit about? I guess the emotions that run behind there. Um, like how far were you into fight camp? Um, and you know how, yeah. What was, are the emotions? A receiving a yeah. call from your manager saying, I've yeah. got your fight. And then I guess what are the emotions that run with the, the manager calling again, going that fight's no longer going ahead. Yeah. The, when you get the, I've got you a fight. That's the best feeling because you're like, Oh yeah, here we go. Like it's time to get ready. But then for you to do like two and a half, three weeks of, of hard work and, and uh, as most of the fighters would know, all the sacrifices that go into camp, um, the shit you miss out on, you know, the normal everyday life, you, things you can't do, um, partying with your mates and shit like that, that I miss out on is gone to waste because I don't mind making those sacrifices for a fight. I know why I'm making them. But when you get the call that, oh, you know, it's, it's no longer going ahead because of COVID, which is already pretty much pissed everyone off. Everyone's over it. And then for it to be pulled again, this is like the third fight I've had pulled because of COVID. It just like really pissed me off. But because it's out of my control, like there's nothing we can do about it. You can't really get too worked up about it. So I try and stay on the same same um, path in that, you know, my coaches and whatnot talk to me and say, bro, like, there's nothing we can do. Come on, let, we'll just keep working hard, keep going hard and um, and, and stay on that saying that path to glory so do you though look at eternal right now and go i believe march i hope I, so I, I think they're in the gold coast in march like, yeah do you, do you kind of look at that well, and go my, my, i mean it'll be a different opponent because yeah. if you're saying he's perth based yeah but like do you kind of like look and go hey we'll look i'm already yeah. i'm already in fight camp get yeah. me on this or are you kind of like i want to like come back off fight camp now and then and then look at it at a later date so when we worked out the dates for February, because my teammate Crazy Horse is on, he's on uh, March 18 in Gold Coast, and I couldn't jump on that show um, because I'm going on holidays that week. So that was scratched. We couldn't do that one, which which is annoying because I booked a holiday last year, and you just sort of book it like, oh, book it, we'll work it out. But of course, it just lines up perfectly with with the show that I wanted to be on because of course I want to fight on the same same uh, show as K. That'd be mad. We always rock it. We're on the same card together. But, um, you know, they're looking at maybe April, uh, April or something um, would be a good date for me now. And who comes up with your, your I, I need to know who, <laughs> who's involved in coming up with your uh, fight names. Crazy Horse and yours Deadshot. Like- Mine was given, him, given to me by my head coach, um, Maui. He gave me that one. Which was a long time in the making. I think I only got it like a year ago or a year and a half ago, because I was always pestering, like, bro, I need a name. Like, I wanted to make shirts up. I need, I need something. I need, I need a trademark. I need something. And um, so they came up with Deadshot, um, just because of the way I finish fights. Like, I'm so accurate and and just hit, you know, precise uh, with my shots. And if 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 you've seen how I finish my fights, they're they're not always pretty. They're um they're pretty violent. Well, yeah, as I said, I, I, I jumped on the old YouTube and, and, and checked out a couple yeah. of your fights. Um, also, I saw the, the head kick that you posted on your, your gram as well. So yeah. I didn't actually... Actually, that was the entire fight, right? You finished that... Yes. Was, yeah, it, was yeah. that just the finish or was that... That was the entire fight? No, right? that, that was just the finish. Okay. Yeah, so so that, you're talking about the one at Urban, yeah? That was my first MMA fight. Um, they put me against um, Cash Douglas who uh, was a pretty experienced guy, uh, actually. So they put me against him for my first MMA fight and walked in there. I, I was a lot more nervous for that fight than I was for my first kickboxing fight because MMA, you know, there's there's no headgear, the small gloves, you're in there. Like, this dude's a beast. Like, I'm like, bro, I'm only 19 years old and you, you're throwing me in here with, like, this grown man. I'm like, fuck. But my coaches, you know, did their job in their preparation. They believed to me. And then once once I stepped that foot on the mat, that's it. It's all over. It's I'm good then. That's that's when I. It's my cage. That's where I'm in control. You're not gonna do shit to me. Like you're. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna fuck you up. Have you ever had um, a sinking feeling? Like have you ever felt like you were out of your depth? Not really. I'm. I'm pretty confident um, in my preparation. It, it's more the uncertainty. Fighters would know this. 
you know, you're getting in the back. It's the uncertainty of you don't know what's going to happen. You, you have no idea where the fight could go. You, you, you could spend the whole time on your feet, you know, just banging away. You could end up the whole fight on your back. You, you could end up the whole fight against the fence. You just you, you never 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 know how how it's gonna how it's gonna play out or, or what's gonna happen. No, I guess like because um, your your one and only loss right was yeah IMF yes up yeah. in up in the in the Gold Coast in the Gold Coast yeah that was against um the world champion uh, Ramazan Gitanov who was from Bahrain originally from Dagestan so um pretty much just out wrestled me the whole fight. And made me realize that I need to wrestle more. Did you feel out of your depth though? There, yeah, definitely. That 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 feeling of of basically being thrown around like a rag doll in in a fight like that, and just the feeling of their control and strength is 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 unreal. And it, is it is it something now that that kind of went like I need to work on my wrestling yep. to be able to defend wrestling or yep. you want to work on your wrestling because you want to start ragdolling other people or you wanting to stick to your striking? Both. No, both. Definitely both. Like after that fight happened, I uh, switch clicked, you know, in not only my mind, but my coach's minds as well in that, wow, this, this is okay. This is what the international, you know, circuits like. This is, this is what we need to be pre prepared for. And so we've been training ever since, and my, my wrestling is, is crazy now. Like, the, the level that I've come up with my wrestling, not only offensively, but defensively as well, in that I'm ragdolling people now. If you look at my last fight, you know, I was, I was throwing him around. And I have to ask, though, you never wanted to give IMAF another go? Cause, and, and the only reason I, I ask now is because, as, as you're aware, they're currently over in... Is it Dubai or Abu Dhabi? Abu Dhabi, yeah. Abu Dhabi. Um, obviously, in the world's over there. Um, so now, I mean, obviously, once again, hindsight's a beautiful thing. And yep. at the time, you thought, okay, I've got this pro fight lined up and yep. and so forth. But it was it now, was, now hindsight, knowing that that fight's fallen through, yeah. and technically, you haven't had the pro fight yet. Yeah. Do you kind of sit back and go, damn, I should have really like gone with the IMAF team? Not, not really, because I, I was invited to go end of last year. Um, by Brian Ebersole and he said you know we'd like you to represent in in middleweight because you obviously have to weigh in on the day so 84 would be my division and I, I thought about it and I spoke to Moe about it and we're like we already made up the decision to turn pro anyway so we're like I don't it, it just felt like a step back like even though of course the experience would have been great represent Australia you know go over there unreal competition in hindsight as you said would have been good but I think I'm just on a different path that I want. I want to go pro, and my mind is on going pro. It's not. It's not in amateur. So when you you, you keep talking about path, um, where do you, where do you see your path going? Like where what? I mean, I, I'm assuming the end goal is to to hit the majors and and and, yeah. and go UFC or, or is it just UFC or would you be happy to go Bellator 1FC or are you really focused in on on trying to make the UFC um and and I guess what does your path kind of yeah. look like look every I think everyone has that um discussion on what promotion you want you want to be on I think UFC is the best um exposure wise maybe not pay wise but obviously exposure wise and and whatnot i think it'd be the best pathway for me and i think that that championship belt in the ufc would be the most pre prestigious um sort of achievement that, that that any mixed martial artist could could gain and what does the path to the UFC look like? Have you ever thought of that? Because yeah. you know, with fighters, we always talk about visualizing, right? Of like, course, I do a lot of visualization. We, yeah. we, 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 with fights, especially, you visualize the walkout. You yeah. visualize like so. Yeah. Once you're there, you don't feel like you're, you're 100, yeah. right? Yeah. So, have you ever thought, or is that too far in the future right now? No, like, no, do, no. You, do you ever go, okay, well, I don't know. Like, I, I guess as an example. I'm gonna go to Eternal right now. Yeah, I'm gonna fight out. I, I don't know what kind of a, a deal are you on? Three like, fights. Three fights. Year. I'm this gonna year. fight yeah. three fights. Uh, I'm gonna win them all. Um, I don't know. Win the title. Yeah, and from there, hopefully, 
go to the Ultimate Fighter or go to uh, the Contender Series or go to like when you look at your path, yep. like and if you were to ride it, how would you see your path to the UFC? Obviously, yeah, the long the long term goal is UFC, but at the same time, I've got to worry about the here and now and worry about what's in front of me right now. And that's I'm signed to Eternal. I'm on a good promotion. I've got good people around me. So all my job is now, my management's taken care of, my coaching's taken care of. All I need to worry about is getting the fights and finishing them in spectacular fashion from now until whenever I get that call up. Nice. And I mean, look, once again, it helps with Eternal because yep. they're actually on UFC Fight Pass. 100%. So, 100%, so yeah. once again, like, you, you know, and, and, and believe it or not, like the guys at the UFC – They've got guys watching. 100% right? they do. Um, of course, yeah. And I know that because, uh, as I said, we used to deal with a, with a few of the um, other promotions and we'd literally um, have phone calls from the USC at 2 a.m. in the morning and they're like, uh, why did this happen? Why did that happen? And it's like, yeah. oh, you're sitting over there watching this yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know who's watching it, but definitely yeah. someone from their, their part, uh, like their side of things is definitely yeah. watching it. So three fights, is that uh, a one-year deal? That's a one-year deal, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for this year, so three fights. And then um, have have they put any sort of thing that potentially they'll give you a title shot in those three fights or there's no talk there's, of that? There's no talk about that um, at the moment. I think just make my debut first and, and earn that and earn that shot. So I think do what I do best, go out there and finish finish people, you know, make, make people want to watch me and want to go, hey, that's dead shot, you know. Get that exposure, get that highlight reel, like real going and and just just fight that's that's all i want to do is fight as a professional that's why i quit my job that's why i make all these sacrifices you know that's that's why i do this pretty much this is this is what i want to do with my life nice and if you were to emulate any fighter that you kind of like see or look up to now who who would that be um well at the moment i would i wouldn't really say a fighter right now um i'm a big fan of gsp in his prime Massive fan of, of GSP and the, and the way he fights and, and whatnot. And someone else I'd look up to would be um, Donald Cerrone as well. Um, I like Donald's style. I just I'd, I love everything about him. Maybe he's not as, as dedicated as he, as he should be or he, he could have got to the top, but I just like his whole overall attitude in that he, he does stuff outside of fighting as well and enjoys his life, you know, has fun, does, does all this stuff. He doesn't revolve his life solely around fighting which i think can be can be a little just like i don't think it works especially for me I, I couldn't be all about fighting all the time i need that break and i need that space away in my um you know activities that i do outside of fighting so i have to ask them what what is it that you do outside of fighting i mean you, you you've yep. just mentioned that you're about to go on a holiday but like whether it's holidaying or whatever, but like, what 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 is it that you enjoy outside of fighting? Like, what is your, what gives you inner peace? Uh, definitely just going away, uh, going away with my mates. So go full driving, camping, um, that that sort of thing. I love I love that sort of stuff. You know, I'm not a really big person on going out, um, which is another thing, reason why I work security because I don't really go out anyway. Is I'm not a fan. I've never really been a fan of going out. My fun is you know going camping with the boys, having a few beers around the fire. You know that 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 sort of thing. That that that's what I really enjoy. I enjoy, and as well, um, where I live at the moment with my girlfriend uh, on a property, so we have plenty of space out there to ride dirt bikes and you know shoot guns, carry on like that. So it's 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 really fun to sort of get back from training, get away from that stuff, let your hair down, go for a ride on the dirt bikes, and and just you know, and then get away from that, and then come back and that. All right, time to train. When it's on, it's on. Um, but yeah, it's just good to be able to get away from from fighting sometimes and and go camping and, and get away from life really just just an escape. And and how do how do you do the balancing act uh, between I guess you know um, fight life, um, work life, uh, family life. Yeah, it's not, uh, friend friends like it's how it's not it's not easy as any fighter um, would know. You know, it's 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 definitely not easy to balance everything. So. My training structure and whatnot is definitely taken care of by Moe, my head coach. So he's in control of all that. But as well as that, he's a part of my life. He's a part of all the boys' lives. So we we are very in touch with each other in that he knows everything that happens in my life. 
So there's, there's not really anything in my life that he doesn't know about. So he structures a training around that. He knows I like going the way of my mates. He knows I like going to enjoy myself. So he knows when I need that. He'll say, all right, you need some time away. Go go away and, and, and do what you need to do and come back. But when we're training, it's, you know, it's on. Uh, with the family aspect, um, that's also, you know, quite hard because you take so much time away training and whatnot. It's it's hard. Most of the sessions are all at night, you know, so you don't get that time with your family and stuff. Like I'm one of three, so I have uh, my younger brother who's 17 and my little sister who's seven. So it's hard. Like I don't get to spend much time with her and, and stuff and I try and spend as much time with my family as I can, but they've made a sacrifice of that. They don't see me very much because I'm training, um, because I'm training so much. And it's not easy on them. You know, I, I can imagine it wouldn't be easy. It's not easy for me not seeing them. But as well, I, li- I live with my girlfriend, uh, as I said before, and, and, and she's pretty cool. She's so supportive of, of what I do, but it, it's hard on her as well. And it's hard on me not seeing her and, and being able to do some stuff that other couples might be able to do. So... That's, that's where we go on holidays. We're going to go on holidays together um, and just have a week away, just just spend some time with each other, quality time. And I have to ask, does she do martial arts or she's no, not no, into no. that? No, no, she fights at the, at, the, at, the, at the pubs. No, she's strictly a pub brawler. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she'll, know, she'll know what I'm talking about. So, so, so I have to ask then, <laughs> does she start fights at your pub and if so, have you, have you had to escort her out because you're working? No, no, no. She knows. She knows. She gets a bit protective of me. So if um, if girls are trying to touch me and whatnot and and, and stuff like that, she she likes to um, she likes to tell them uh, tell them who's boss. So that's that's where most of the fights come from. But it, it it's all fun and games. She it's all fun and games. It's good. And so, what have you guys got planned? If you don't mind me asking, like, what what what, what is this holiday just, that you're just about to in, take? Uh, just in the we're actually going to the Gold Coast itself. Actually, the the week before the Eternal show, um, so we're just going to go up there at a at a holiday house and kick back for for a week and eat some food and go out and enjoy. She's never been to any of the theme parks up there, so we're just going to go there and do that. So yeah, enjoy it. And you have to if you're going to Gold Coast, you have to. You go gotta, to, you gotta, you, you gotta, gotta do the theme parks, and you have to do Dracula's. That's definitely one. What's you're, Dracula's? I haven't heard of that. You, you haven't been to Dracula's? No, it's like know. it's like this um, haunted house. Yeah. Um, cabaret show. Yeah. Um, yeah. You literally, it's, okay. a, it's a dinner, right? So you, it's got a roller coaster that takes you to your table. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. Little ghost train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then. They put on a full show. Like it's 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 not bad. Like as I say, once you've done it, you've done it. Um, but like for a date night, like yeah, you know yeah, the food sweet, the, yeah. the food's half good. Yeah, and and as I say, like it's good entertainment anyway. Bit of comedy, sweet. bit of dance, bit of song, yeah, bit of everything. Dracula's, huh? I'll have to book Dracula's it. on the Gold Coast. Yeah, it's yeah. Ne- I think it's next to Jupiter's or whatever. Like I don't know. Yeah. Um, as I say, it's just one of the the things that if you go to the Gold Coast, it's there. You know. Okay. Um, good. I'll put it on the list. But um. I was going to say, um, I had a couple of questions come through. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll ask you the first one. And, yeah. and the first one was, um, who would win out of a fight between you and Liam? Oh, that would be the Liam, my little brother. Yeah, yeah. That would have been against me and Liam. We've had a few fights. I put some holes in the walls at home. So, But I, I, I've definitely come out on top. So, yeah, he doesn't have me in that area. Okay, um, the, the the second one that that came through, and I'm uh, um, um, I mean you've already answered it. Is like, are you single? Yeah, nah, I'm taken. Yeah? Nah, <laughs> yeah, sorry, ladies, but um, yeah, nah, happily happily taken. Okay, nice. Um, another one that came through was um, if you were to have your perfect submission or finish, yeah. what would it be? Like. You know, one that you kind of envision. This is how my perfect fight would go. What would it be? You know, you know what I've always envisioned, um, which I reckon would be just gangster as. You know the uh, John Jones Leota Machida finish. I reckon that's gangster. If I could do that and just watch them flop to the floor in front of me and walk off, that that mate. I was going to say that, that that's the one where he had him uh, up against the cage, right? Yeah, the guillotine against the cage. The guillotine and against the cage. And sleeps him, yeah. That, yeah. That, that's hectic. I love that. I love watching that. 
Yeah, nice, nice. Um, looking back at your fights, which one, which one, you know, is your most preferred fight for whatever reason? Um, the best fight that I have uh, had would have been my last one because I got to show my grappling, which I'd, I've never shown before. So it was really good to show my grappling and to get the submission uh, finish as well, just to top it off. It was great just because for that camp we were working so much on my wrestling to try and bring it up for the pro for the pro scene so we were trying to level it up you know and and up to that standard and i'm only getting better you know as as uh, as the weeks go on but definitely the head kick knockout uh you couldn't beat that you, you couldn't beat that and was that something you were kind of like planning on or you just took that shot and that kick and that kick i reckon i've thrown hundred million times honestly that that kick is just from over and over and over and over on the pads like we just do it and it's that fast and that reactive that as soon as i see it it's it's just it's on like there, there's no thinking there's no hesitation there i seen it bang straight away toughest fight you've had oh definitely the the my one loss the imf fight for sure and is it the toughest just because it is the loss or is it tough because you just had no answers or, or yeah in that fight I, I really didn't have any answers and I remember um being on my back and my coaches were behind me they were right behind me and I remember saying just get up just get up I was like bro I do not know how to get up and like I just resort I ended up resorting to just come on bro is that all you got come on bro because he didn't speak much English, but he understood what I was saying because every time I would say it, he'd hit me harder. So I said, come on, bro. Come on, bro. Is that it? Come on, bro. And I was trying to just lock him up so that we got stood up. And the ref eventually stood us up in uh, in the second round. I remember getting up and I was thinking, fuck, I've got to crack this guy. I've got to fucking give it to him now. And I was, so I just lined up. I lined him up with a with a um, straight push kick straight under the chin. And I just see his head just bounce straight back and just comes back down and looks at me with no hesitation and i was like what is this dude made of bro like i absolutely cracked him with it like you could you should have heard it like and the whole crowd there because obviously we're all we're going yeah but they thought he was finished because it just cracks his head back and i thought oh, i've got him here he's, he's done and just shoots straight on the legs bro straight on the legs and i was on my back crazy yeah crazy right and and it's the one thing i always say about the wrestlers man it's it's also their work ethic right oh man yeah like i mean i'm surprised you had any energy left when when the ref does stand you up because it's just grueling and especially when you're constantly trying to fight them off fight them off fight them off yep. by the time you get up you're they're like, just relentless um, with their wrestling right like it's just um, um after that fight actually because they were so surprised with my striking and whatnot um his his coach elder khan who actually fought he actually uh, fought Khabib um, in Russia and he said, you're welcome to come, you know, to Bahrain and, and, and train with us and, and you know, uh, come over here and learn off us, which I thought was a privilege. Um, I'd love to go over there and that's still on the cards today to be able to go over there. It'd be, it'd be great, but it was once again, travel. So, look, we'll start to wrap it up, but like yeah. all... all um all goes well what do you see 2022 being like like obviously you you've said now this fight's been cancelled yeah You're looking at april but like if you realistically look down the track now if i was to say 2022 is the year of what yeah just me putting my name on like on the board pretty much so it's me cementing myself in that i'm here and I want to test myself against some of the best welterweights in Australia. Like, I'm not here to play games or muck around and get easy fights and try and get a clean record to the UFC. I'm here to fight, and I want to fight my way to the UFC, and I want to fight my way there properly, and I want to know that I've earned it to get there. And have you been keeping an eye on the welterweights? Like, have uh, you got a bit of a hit list? Yeah, 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 yeah. I like, I like to keep... Um, Keep up to date with what's happening. Obviously, um, congratulations to um, Jack Della Maddalena on the UFC debut. Well done. But I, I Mate, my, his boxing is clean. I his had, boxing, yeah. like even when he was on the Contender Series, I was saying like his yeah. head movement and everything. Once again, 
I'd like to see him get tested on the ground. I don't know yep. what his... Um, I mean, you might know. I don't know what his wrestling's like. I'm not too sure. Um, he, but his fights doesn't last he, very long. His boxing is clean. It's good. I've been keeping an eye on him for quite a while now. Uh, obviously, as one of the top ranked, you know, welterweights. And, and obviously, he got the call up and props to him. But, you know, I have a path that I'm on. And um, it's going to lead straight there. That'll be me as well. You watch. So, having a look at the eternal roster, though, is 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 there uh, anyone specific that that you wouldn't mind matching? Up? And look, I, I'm not saying like make a call out where, you know, being cheeky about it or yeah. anything. Like, I'm just saying like, is there a potential matchup that I guess excites you? What what's one that you would really want to wake up for? Um, meaning to 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 wake up for with the the belts up for grabs, so. Um, I mean, look, I'm not totally, I'm not really worried about anyone on the roster and I don't really like care who I fight. They're just, they're just another person. We pre prepare for them the same way. Um, but when I get, I know the eyes are on me as well. They know I'm coming. They, they, they know who I am and, um, they're going to try and duck. You know, there's not going to be too many that's going to put their hand up. I don't think. And if, if you want to put your hand up, I mean, I'm always ready to go. Like, there's, there's no harm in me. I'll fight anyone, bro. Nice. Nice. Well, look, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Yep. Um, for people that do want to jump on, on, on you know, your journey, um, what's kind of the uh, best method for them to to kind of keep in touch and, and, as I say, follow along? Yeah, if you want to follow, like, what I do with my life and whatnot, not just inside the cage, outside the cage, just jump on Instagram with the uh, Deadshot MMA underscore underscore and then just Lachlan Stitt MMA on Facebook and tune in, like, share, support. And, um, yeah, just, just keep an eye because the next couple of years are going to be massive, guys. You, you'll see me at that, uh, that top tier promotion very soon. I guarantee you that. Well, there you have it. Some... Uh Big predictions. Um, look, I, I I wish you all the best. As I said, you, you've got a pretty clean record. You do have that one loss. Um, you, you, as you said, you've tidied that up. Um, and I am really looking forward to seeing what not only what this year holds, but uh, as I say, what, what the future holds as well. Um, yeah, I, I, I just want to say thank you. For, for jumping on board um it was it was great to catch up and hopefully we can get you on maybe towards the end of the year and we'll we'll, we'll see if uh you know any of the uh fights have come uh, come about and 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 as i said we'll we'll see if your predictions about pro versus amateur is correct but until then that is it i'm away i'm away